Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, November 24, 2021, and happy day before Thanksgiving, because it's tomorrow. And of course, I hope you're all getting set. My wife is very, very busy, even though she hasn't even started on Thanksgiving dinner yet. But she's very busy making cookies. Anyways, um, no matter what you do tomorrow, the day after, you're going to have to Go back to paying attention to your portfolio. Maybe not today, but maybe you can wait till Monday. You know, you don't have to look at it every day. You really don't. But you have to understand what, what you're in and you know, the risks that you're taking and all those things we talk about on a daily basis. You've got to pay attention to your money. Even if you hire somebody else to manage it for you, you still have to pay attention to what they're doing. Make sure you understand what they're doing with your money. What, what what kind of assets are they buying? And what are those risky assets or not risky assets? Or is it combination? What is it? You And then you have to understand what risky means. You know, and that's what the show is about, to help you understand all that, all that information that is uh, coming at you all the time. And, of course, you can just ignore it, but those who listen to the show are not. They're, you're not that type of person. You're the type of person that wants to understand how this works, how the stock market works, how bonds work, how managing money works. And that's what we're here for. Okay? Uh, okay, we always start off with our mission statement, independent, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, that's our, your assurance that Justin and I give you give you complete, as we can, factual information. Factual, not some fly-by-night story stuff, you know, that is not really based on facts. And, you know, I've mentioned this many, many times, but, you know, when you're looking at a stock, you look at the fundamentals of the company first. First and foremost is the fundamentals of that company. You're buying a piece of the company. What if, if you're buying a little piece what if you were buying the whole thing? Of course, that's what Warren Buffett likes to do, buy the whole company if he could. But he, And he does own a bunch of companies outright. Seeds, candies, Borsheim shoes. He, he owns all of them. You know, but, you know, you can't do that. In the stock market, you can only buy a piece. But that piece means you are the owner and you want to know, you're buying that company. Don't you want that company to make money? Yeah. Anyways, uh, 
I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with any financial investment questions you might have. And you do that, you drive the show. You take it in the direction you want it to go. Okay? If you've never called before, might not be a bad time to call now. Call. Ask any question. It's okay, as long as it's financial. You know, you can. we're live Monday through Friday. So that means we're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So if you can't get us live, if you can't call during the show, you can still call and leave the, mass, leave the question on the answering machine. I guess you don't call it an answering machine anymore. But the number never changes. It's always the same, 888-99-CHART. So let's go right to the first listener line call. Hi, this is Mike from Los Angeles. I was calling about SoFi. I wanted to know if it was a good buy at its current price or if I should uh, try and wait for a dip. Thank you, and I appreciate listening to your show. Okay, SoFi is a fairly new company. It operates as a fintech company that enables customers to meet financial independence to realize their ambitions. I don't know what the hell that means. Okay, I really don't. Uh, They lose money. They don't make money, so I'm telling you, don't buy it. There's no reason to buy this company. It's a $15 billion company. It only makes $293 million a quarter in sales. So, you know, a billion dollar in sales for a $14.7 billion company is way expensive. And they have no money. They don't make any money. So, it has been trading in a range between 14 and 23 ever since it IPOs. But it came out in December, around December, January 2020. So it's a fairly new company. Um, it has no interest. I have no interest in buying this. But if you're going to buy it, you want to buy it around $14. That's where you want to be a buyer. Okay? That was SoFi. S-O-F-I is the symbol, everybody. Okay, uh, my focus point today concerns a story behind the question, what is the 4% rule? And how can it help you save for retirement? What is it? It's been around many a number of decades, and there's been challenges uh, uh, um, for that four percent rule. I still think it applies, but let's talk about that and what it is, okay? Before the end of the show, <clears throat> anyways. Okay, um, holiday sales season record. That's what they are expecting. Talk about that. Russians, did you see Russia is requiring 13 mostly U.S. tech firms have to locate or open offices in their country? They have to. Hmm. Talk about that. And do you know who Mohammed Al-Arain, Mohammed Al-Arain, E-R-I-A-N, E-R-I-A-N, Al-Arain is? Do you know who that is? I don't know how to say his name, but I know who he is. I like him. He is a chief advisor for Allianz, economic advisor. And he has something to say about inflation. And I know you're probably getting tired of hearing it because I talk about it quite often. But inflation is the thing that is going to affect the stock market, your life, for the next, I don't know, few years. don't know how long. We haven't had to worry about it before because, of, you know, Go before COVID, it was running at 2%, 2.4% a year. Now it's running at uh, 45 to 6% a year right so far. 
So we're going to talk. Those are the things I want to talk about. The market itself had a mixed day. The Dow was down nine. The Nasdaq was up 70 and the S&P was up 11. So kind of a positive day on a broader market perspective. So you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And due to the holiday, we have prepared two new Best of Caller Questions podcasts. They'll be available for download on Thursday and Friday. But how? But you can call now. We're live right now. 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Evan calling from Orlando. I had a question about Kraft Heinz for a uh, purchase and a uh, long-term hold. And if you agree with that, at what price would you get into it? All right. Thank you very much. I'll be uh, listening on the podcast. Well, you know, Kraft Heinz is a stable, long-term, blue-chip type of company. It's a $43 billion company, so it's big. The Kraft Heinz Company, symbol KHC, makes food products such as beverages, cheeses, convenient meals, other grocery products sold worldwide. Okay? Um, they sell about $6 billion per quarter, so $36 billion worth of sales, and the company's worth $43 billion. So not pretty, pretty low cost. Low cost. The price is pretty low cost based on that. They're going to make $2.64. They always make money. They always have made money. They're going to make $2.77 this year. They made $2.88 last year, and then $2.64 next year. So it's slightly going down. Sales are slightly tailing off. Of course, they had, you know, COVID helped them, help, right? People making food at home and their shelf-stable food is what they sell. So that helped them. So what's the stock worth? What's its historical worth, value? At two sixty four, well, back in two thousand fifteen, they made two thousand two dollars and fifty cents, and it was a forty nine to ninety dollar stock. Today, it's at thirty five. Pretty compelling value. Now, can it get cheaper? Yes, because the five year range of PE range is seven to twenty nine. So seven times two dollars and sixty four cents, you know, it's under twenty bucks. So it can go there. It has been there in recent history. So he's asking. Is it a good company to buy? Yes. The dividend is, you know, the dividend yield is what, you know, is something you really want to focus on. That's four and a half percent, and it will be able to maintain that with a strong cash flow it has. I think the, the price that it is today is a pretty good entry point. Uh, uh, this is pretty about mid 30s. I mean, will it go down to 30, which is another very good entry point, then 28 after that? But right here is a pretty good entry point. You might want to wait a few days to make sure it maintains the $35 level and then enter. I think that's a good price right now. KHC, the Kraft Heinz Company. Okay? 888-99-CHART. Be happy to talk to you about anything financial, so give me a call. What's the 4% rule? Does it still apply? The 4% rule is very, very simple. What it says is you can take 4% out of your nest egg when you retire, and you'll never run out of money. Now, 
there's some assumptions in there. You, you still have to remain invested, not necessarily all in the stock market, but you still have to, the money still has to grow for you. But the rule says if you take 4% out, you'll never run out of money. You'll, you'll, you will die before you run out of money. It's as simple as that. Now, there's been subsequent recent studies, and this rule has been, this rule's been around a long, long time. And recent subsequent studies say, well, maybe it should be 3.3%. Well, yeah, maybe it should. It could be 4. It could be 3 to 4%, maybe even 5 and you'll be all fine. Depends on the market. Depends on conditions. It it, it depends on the, what's going to happen the next 10 years, right? 20 years. We, we don't know really. But it's a very good rule of thumb. Okay? And, of course, your personal situation will dictate whether you can afford to live on that 4%. Did you save enough money? If you're forced to take more than 4%, then the chances grow that you'll run out of money. Before you before you pass away, doesn't mean you will, but you could. Now, if you don't have anything saved or very little, well, you don't have to worry about the four percent rule, do you? You don't have any money, but you have to figure out the cost of living that you are going to incur during retirement. What's your cost of living? How much you're going to need? And it's not that hard. It really isn't. You can figure out your expenses in retirement. You can figure out how much you're going to get from Social Security. Then figure out how much your expenses are. Rent, health care costs, cost of groceries, cost of medicines, uh, transportation costs, whatever kind of transportation it is. And you got to put aside money for vacations and travel. And don't forget pet expenses. They can really get high. They can get very expensive. So don't forget that, to add that in there too, okay? So 4% rule, I think it's a good rule. I think you can use it. I think you can rely on it. That's my personal belief. Let's get one more caller question in before we have to take a break. And the line is always the same, 888-99-CHART. Hello, I wanted to get your opinion on Google and what a good entry price would be. Thank you. As cheap as possible. How's that? I like Google a lot. It's a $1.9 trillion company. Okay. Uh, a, a good entry point. I won't go over what it does and things. A good entry point. Uh, it's at $29.34, $2,934 today. I would say about $26.25 to $27. Somewhere in there. That would be a really good entry point. I don't know if you ever get it, but that would be good. Okay, this is the Mass Talk, everybody, streaming live Monday through Friday in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time and available for free download as a condensed podcast. You can browse by topic at investtalk.com. And you can also download, review, and rate us on Spotify, iTunes, or Google. And now I'm taking your call, your calls. Any financial questions, 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 
name is Ron, calling from Campbell, California. I enjoy your program. I have quite a bit of experience with covered calls. However, I find the uh, safe stocks that I have usually have a very low income potential from the covered call. Just wondering if there's a resource that, where I can find a list of more lucrative calls. Thanks. Yeah, covered call. a covered call strategy is where you own the stock, the underlying stock, and you sell options on it. It's called covered calls because you own the stock. You can sell, you can do naked calls, meaning you don't own the stock, underlying stock, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, covered call strategy, you're asking if there's better places so you can have better spreads and get better pricing for the covered calls, and the answer is not really. Uh you know, if you're a professional like us, you will get a little bit better quotes, okay, for the covered call strategy, selling the calls. But, you know, there's no real – if you have a ton of money, you can call up your broker and say, hey, I want some better access. And, you know, as long as you – because it takes money. It takes money because it's got to be worth their while. Us individual small people, they don't really want to bother, be bothered with you. They don't make enough money on us. Okay? Okay, uh, this is the mess talk, everybody. We stream live, as you know, and love to t- talk to you. When people take the time to to leave on a Vestal podcast, when they listen and they leave a question there after they do the survey for us to tell us whether they liked us or don't like us or how much they hated us or whatever it is, we try to get to a question of theirs really fast. Here's one from uh, Marte Man. Marte Man. Huh. Um, if I understand correctly, when a dividend is paid, the amount comes directly from the stock price and is reflected the next day. You must pay capital gains on the dividend. If that is correct, what is the difference between a 2% dividend and, ju- uh, and just selling 2% of your holding in that stock? Huh? What's the difference between a 2% dividend and just selling a 2% holding in your stock? Well, remember, you're getting a dividend on the stock, the number of shares you have, whatever that dividend is. Dividend is reflected not in percentage when it's paid. It's paid in dollars, pennies or dollars, however much the dividend is. You then convert it as a percentage of the price of the stock. For instance, when they announced a dividend, they said, well, we're going to pay $0.37 cents a share in dividend, and the ex-dividend date is two weeks from now. So if you own that stock two weeks from now, you're going to get $0.37 cents per share. Uh, so it will drop the stock price $0.37, cents, just as you pointed out. The next day, that stock will open up 37%, $0.37 cents lower, and the only reason why it wouldn't is there was overnight trading, and you know it was it, the price got was different, but it will be reflect that thirty-seven cents lower, and it begins to trade again. Selling two percent of your stock just means you own two percent less of your stocks. Doesn't? I'm not sure what you're getting at here, so I'm a bit confused by the question. Sorry about that. Maybe I'm just getting old. That's a possibility. Well, I know I'm getting old. That's not a possibility. That's a fact. But 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 not understanding something might be because I'm old. I don't know. 888-99 charters our number, everybody. Okay, um, holiday sales. 
This holiday is expected to be the highest, almost on record, highest, up about 85 to 10.5%. Highest on record. That means a consumer is willing to spend. That's what their, their meaning the retailers, expectation is. Now, it's interesting that you know the economy only grew 2%, 2.1% last quarter, third quarter. I have a feeling it's going to it's going to be much stronger in the fourth quarter. I really do think it's going to happen. Even though we have still have supply chain problems and everything else, but the consumer, you know, as of reflected in the in the numbers of uh, we had uh, uh income and spending numbers out for last month, the consumer looks like he's pretty willing to spend money. You know, the, uh, the spending went up. You know, the only thing that was kind of negative is inflation is knocking down the uh, real disposable income in the consumer's pocket. Because when you take inflation off the salaries increase, you're in negative territory at this point. But consumers are still spending. So what they're spending, they're spending either spending money out of their savings or they're using a credit card and probably doing both. We'll find out later down the road, but that's what's happening out there. Okay. Okay. For most people, the single largest investment they have is in, is in the cost and maintenance of their home. And purchasing home generally requires incurring, incurring mortgage debt, right? Most people can't afford to pay for the whole thing. So I was going to break. Here's my trivia question. What do you suppose the average unpaid balance that American homeowners have on their mortgages? And that's as of 2020. So after the break, I will supply the answer. But for now, my phone line is open. I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. Good advice. Stick to a well thought out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. 
AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Thanksgiving will be here soon, and you've got festivities planned. But you can't forget about your goal to achieve financial freedom. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are here, and they welcome your questions now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Of course, I gave you a trivia question before the break. The question... Trivia question. What do you suppose is the average unpaid unpaid balance that American homeowners have for mortgages as of 2020? So as we all know, high real estate prices have really gone up, right? The values of homes have shot up over the last year or so, two years. In nine of 10 states with the highest medium home value, the share of the homeowner's mortgage is about 61%. So it depends on the state. The average debt ranges from 128000 to 400000 Now, according to Experian, a consumer credit reporting company, American homeowners with a mortgage overall, on average, have an unpaid balance of 229000 As of August 2021, a typical family home in the United States costs about 303000 that's 17.7% over the year before, by the way, uh, increase. That's what it is. So so that's what the numbers are. Uh, if it was, you know, low states, low-income states are different than high-income states, you know that. You live in the Northeast, you live in Southern, you live in California, below San Francisco and below, you know how prices have shot up. Matter of fact, even if you lived in like, I don't know, Idaho and Arizona where, People are flooding in out of California into those places. You know, those prices are skyrocketed too. So, interesting. There is no reason to allow any of your financial investment questions to go unanswered. You can get them answered. After today's program ends, and any time, day or night, you can call the InvestTalk listener line and s- submit your question. Here's a call that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Stephen Justin. Long-time listener here from Minnesota. I have a question for you, gentlemen. Ticker symbol MA, MasterCard Company. I know it's had some, I don't know what they are exactly, but some new um, operations it does over in the 
Asian market that are going to benefit it. But honestly, with PayPal and Venmo and everything else that's coming out where it's easier for people to pay and they're using it more, I know MasterCard and Visa and credit cards are still around, but now I see Visa took a big hit today, and MasterCard and Visa have this new um, pay later option. And I'm wondering, will MasterCard ever have the higher interest charges on its credit card when people can just pay later? So I'm worried about their profits and income in the future. I've owned MasterCard for a few years, and I bought it when it was at 125 a share. My question is, should I just dump MasterCard, take my profits, and use them for Christmas shopping and looking for a new stock investment next year? Thanks for your help. Look forward to hearing it on your podcast. Happy holidays, gentlemen. MasterCard, symbol M-A-M-A, provides global payment solutions supporting the credit and debit payment programs of financial institutes. Uh, it's been it's grow, it's growing 29% earnings this year and 27% earnings next year. Sales growth and have increased 30 to 36% last two quarters. Before that, it was 4%. But you know, during the during the COVID year, it was sales were shrinking, shrinking. So don't expect the sales to be 30, 36%. That's not kind of that's not realistic. That's just coming from a very depressed time. I would expect sales to continue to grow, but probably in the single-digit area. I expect earnings to do the same type of thing, okay? So I don't think it's going to collapse. I don't think because of the different payment systems, Venmo and those others, I don't think it's going to affect it overly amount at this point. I do think the price is overpriced. The stock is overpriced at $340 a share. They're only going to make $10.52 next year. $10, that, that, you know, 34 PE is too high. That's just my opinion. So uh, return equity is very good. Cash flow is very good. The dividend is very small, which is surprising because that's a big company, but it is. So um, how about selling half? Buy something else with that half. There's no reason to allow any of your questions to go under. So call me. I want you to call me. All your questions should be answered. Now, Russia is requiring 13 mostly U.S. tech companies to set up offices in Russia. They're requiring it. So do we require them to set up offices here? Do we require them to have, to to, to to comply with the same rules they are imposing on our companies there? If not, we should, don't you think? All this is an attempt for Russia to continue to uh, control everything they can, just like China does. A communist country, that's what they do. So, And they want to boost their own uh, tech companies, even though they'll never have the vibrancy we will. Never. Not, not in innovation and things, because we let... We, we we have the rule of law that we comply with in general, not always, but in general, where Russia does not. And we have, you know, a freedom for the people to keep all their gains without worry from the state confiscating it. And so it's just never, you know, they're never going to have that kind of robust. Russia is a third world country. Always has been, by the way. What makes them so, what makes them, anybody's worry is because they have so many nuclear bombs. That's why. That If they didn't have that, 
They were, this is the third world country. Now they have some uh, natural resources. Remember how huge that company, it's huge compared to us. It, I don't know how many times it is our size in actual land mass. So they do have lots of natural resources. Some of it is very difficult to get to in Siberia, but they do have it. Uh, but unless I don't see it ever with the current structure they have, uh, I don't see them ever being a threat other than from economic point of view, but from a military point of view, they are. They're a threat because of the nuclear weapons they have. But I'm saying economically, we can't let them make rules that they, you know, that are owners to our companies that, and then we do nothing about their companies here, but I don't know how much they have. With you. <laughs> I don't know. So just an interesting thing. Uh, a minute or two about our company, Klein Pavlis and Peasley Financial. We're in Orange County, California. Uh, we manage other people's money for them, IRAs, uh, individual accounts, trusts money. Well, that's what we do. We have different programs we have like five different programs, account types, from very risky to hardly any risk at all. You decide based on your risk tolerance. And these are the same, anything in these accounts, I, I, I own every one of these. I'm in every one of these accounts with my own money, and so is Justin. Um, and we buy and sell the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients, same time, same price. We call it parallel investing because, you know, we think it's only fair that we put our own money exposed as our clients, I don't know why more money managers don't do it. You can do it. Not so. It's pretty easy if you've got the technology you, that's available out there today. Today, you can do that. But not too many people do it. If you want us to take a look at your portfolio, we'd be happy to do that and tell you what we think about it and try to gauge how much risk you're taking. How much risk you're taking in portfolio? We have software on our our website that you can. It's called a the Riskalyze questionnaire. It's a few questions in which you can answer and determine how much personal risk you like taking. Then you can match up, send us your portfolio. We'll put it in there too, and we can match up your your personal risk with your portfolio and see if they match up any way, shape, or form. Really, that because you don't want to freak out when the market goes down and get out at the very bottom, which is very common. So you might want to know how much risk you're actually taking. We can help you. We want to help you. Go to a website, investdoc.com, send me an email, and we'll get the process started. Here are the directions for reaching Steve this afternoon with your question. Just call 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Have a question about how best to get into the market, or maybe you're feeling unsure about your current investments. That's what this is all about. This is Invest Talk. Okay, we're going to talk to Will in San Diego. Hi, Will. Oh, hi, Steve. I was wondering what would be a good entry point for Goldman Sachs. Okay. I kind of like Goldman Sachs. GS, I kind of like right where, right where it is. Goldman Sachs is a $134 billion company. They're going to make $58.80 this year, but they'll go back to $39.64 next year which is more in line with the growth rate that they have. You know, this year, 2020 is going to be an outlier. Um, but it's a $399 stock, going to make $39.60. So there's, it's, you know, about a 10, 11 PE. Well, the five-year well, range is... sounds good. Yeah. But remember, their five-year range is 5 to 14. They never trade at very high PE levels. They don't. 
They pay a 2% dividend. Uh, return equity is pretty decent at 13%. They have a lot of debt. They're a financial institution. They would have debt. And sales growth has been pretty strong the last three quarters. And the stock has moved up sharply from, what, 220 or so on up to 399 So it's still fairly reasonably priced. It's not overpriced at all. Uh, if you're going to buy it, if you get it in the low 370s, 372 okay. to 375, somewhere in that range would be ideal. That would be ideal. Okay. Okay? I see. Thanks good, a lot, good luck. Steve. Good luck. Okay, let's talk to Mark in the Bay Area. How you doing, Mark? Uh, hi, thank you very much. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, dumb question. When you were talking about uh, KHC and um, dividend, where yeah. where is it the best place to hold a dividend-paying stock? Is it in, uh, like, a taxable account or is it in a, in a non-taxable account, an IRA account? Or, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. So that's a good question, Mark. So when you're... Investing in the market, you know, you may have a personal account that's taxable and you may have an IRA or a Roth IRA that's not taxable. So he's asking, you know, if I buy in stocks to pay dividends, would it be smarter to have it in a non-taxable account or a taxable account? And I answer that question this way. If you're going to be a trader or if you're going to be active, you want to make sure you have your active account in the non-taxable account, okay, because you don't want to pay capital gains taxes. You're trying to avoid capital gains. That's a, I'm assuming you're going to have capital gains. You buy stocks low and sell them high, you'll probably have capital gains. Or if you hold on to them for a long period of time, they appreciate, you'll have capital gains. So when it comes to dividends, I, you know, it'd be nicer to have it in a non-taxable account, but generally when you have dividend-paying stocks, those are the big blue-chip stocks that you hold on for a very long time. So you're not trading them usually because they paid really high dividends and you want to hold them for a dividend. So uh, if if you have, if your mentality is I'm going to hold no matter what account, I'm going to hold on things for long periods of time, then you would put the dividend payers in your non-taxable accounts. If you have a portion of your portfolio that you're going to, like blue chip stocks, I'm going to leave alone, and then these stocks, you know, I may trade out of them, I may trade in them. That trading account should be in your non-taxable account. Okay? So, so non-trading account would be preferable, if you're going to have both, would be preferable in your taxable account. Hope that made sense to you. Okay, but that's yeah, a, thank you. Non-taxable. Okay, that yeah, was a very, just yeah, that's a very good... Advice. Yeah, great, great question, Mark. So it really depends on you. If you have two sets of ways you're going to do things, and a lot of people do. These are stocks I'm not going to ch touch. These are my big blue chimps stocks I'm going to hold on to and collect the dividends and over time they'll go up. But here's my more risky kind of stocks. Well, the more risky you put in the non-taxable account to avoid capital gains. Because if they're risky, they can shoot up and you have huge capital gains if you sell them. Well, you want to avoid the capital gains tax if you can. Okay. Our anytime listener line is 888-99-CHART is the investor's friend. You can get go there and ask any questions you want, as long as it's financial, and we'll answer them. So here's a question that came in earlier. Hi, this is Ron in Florida. Looking at the fact that the infrastructure bill was passed and investing in Nucor, 
or producer, and also comparing that with Vail, S-A, that is the biggest manufacturer of ore and has a very high stake in China, which I understand is slowing down on their housing construction, and wanted to compare the two and which would be the best to invest in. Also, Vail has a very small percentage of involvement in the United States. It has higher stakes in other places. So anyway, please let me know what you think of between the two or should I invest in both of them? Well, Vail is they're two very different companies. You're talking apples and oranges here. Vail is a mining company for metals and ores mining company out of Brazil, right? But it operates in a bunch of other countries. Whereas um, NUE um, is Nucor Corporation and manufactures steel and steel products in Northern California. I mean, um, North Carolina for automobiles, construction, machinery, appliance. So they're very different companies, very different focuses. One's mining, one's actually producing the steel. So I would choose Nucor Corporation myself because I think the information is more reliable. And it's very low price compared, you know, it's a good value at this point. So NUE is Nucor. Okay, I would pick that one. Doesn't pay a great dividend, but I think it has good prospects of growth. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And due to the holiday, we have prepared two new Best of Caller Question podcasts. They will be available for download on Thursday and Friday. They will play. We'll play them at the same hour, 4 to 5. So we're, we're live now. You can call me now, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Hey, guys. This is Joe from Lake Jackson, Texas, south of Houston. And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. What's your question? 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Feasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is uh, Steve from Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. I had a quick question about Aptiv. Uh, they make auto parts. The symbol is uh, APTB. They're out of Ireland. I think it makes uh, parts for electric vehicles. I was wondering what your opinion is on it. Looked at it, I think it looks pretty good. Heard some good things about it. I just wonder if you guys think it's a buy or if it's too expensive or what you might think. Thanks a lot. Bye. Too expensive. Aptiv uh, PIC, headquarters out of Ireland, as he said, manufactures vehicle components, powertrain, safety, and thermal technology solution. It's going to make $4.66 next year, and it's going to make $2.57 this year. So it has some high growth, but it had that before. 2018, it made $5.26. So it's a very cyclical kind of thing. Now, it's now right near its 52-week high at $169.56. It's only like 6% off its 52-week high. It's all-time high, actually. So... My problem is sales growth is going flat next quarter, and the P.E. ratio, they're going to make $4.66. It's a $169 stock. It's very expensive. I mean, the range for the P.E. is 7 to 72, and here it is what? You know, 40? 
That seems high. Turner Equity is only 9%. Not a lot of debt. It's a good, healthy company. Nothing wrong with it. I just think the stock price is too high to be a buy. I wouldn't be buying it here. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Mohammed Al-Harin, who is uh, an economist, chief advisor, chief economic advisor for Allianz, which is a big, huge, worldwide German financial institution, says the Fed, our Federal Reserve, missed, is missing and has missed its call on inflation. And they will go down in history as one of the more prominent misses in history by the Federal Reserve. He believes that they are totally underappreciating inflation. He says it's broader, higher, and going to last longer than the Federal Reserve imagines. That's what he thinks. Now, the reason why am I bringing him up? Because I, I follow him a little bit. I have been for years and years. He used to work for uh, the big bond Pimco Company out of Newport Beach in Southern California. He was co, co-manager with the founder of Pimco, uh, and he's a really smart guy. Okay, really smart guy. He says, broader, higher, and longer. So it's going to then the Fed has even hinted at. But he says there's some stocks that should do well in an inflationary time. And he mentioned three. Microsoft, PayPal, and J.P. Morgan. I'm just bringing it to your attention. I'm suggesting you buy those companies. And by the way, we own a couple of these companies in our managed accounts. But I think it's uh, I think he's a really smart guy, someone that you should listen to. Um, I, and you know, I've been talking about inflation for some time, and telling you that it's just going to be elevated. Uh, in our podcast, we if you get a chance, you to listen to the podcast we talked about it um and you know we had a couple of questions people were thinking it's interesting we did a little survey and people think inflation is going to continue to rise and we justin and i we think it's peaked we think going forward it's going to start to back off now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's going to go back to where it was it's still going to stay elevated you remember, was where it was was two percent. Long term in our history, it, I think it's a three point three percent inflation rate. I mean, you go back a hundred years. I, we think it's going to be between four and five percent. Right now, it's a little above six, six and a half, somewhere in there. We think it's going to back off a little bit, but be elevated for quite some time. That's our opinion. Uh, this guy. Now, Horeen, he thinks, uh, I got the, he didn't quote any pro, any numbers, okay? He did not. He just thinks it's going to be longer, higher, and broader than, than the Fed even believed. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us. It's a free podcast download, everybody. So get your free download at any time you want, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Through the holidays, we have prepared two new uh, Best of Color Question podcasts. They will be available on Thursday and Friday, normal hours. Independent thinking, share success. This is the Best Talk. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday, everybody.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 